Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today on the show, I've got Brian Fouts. Brian is, he, get this guys. So I'm reading his bio right here. He's lost over half a million dollars to corrupt financial planners and institutions. I can't wait to get into that. I'm sure there's definitely a story behind that. Uh, he is the owner of the Elevation Group and the Living Legacy Association. He began his journey and was successfully investing in numerous assets, including real estate, private lending, online businesses, and he's been an owner of an eight-figure revenue business that provides financial education service businesses to people who want to get out of the golden handcuffs. I'm excited to have him on the show today. Brian, welcome, my man. I'm excited to be here, man. Appreciate it. Hey, I'm, I'm excited to have you on for those listening that don't know you, why don't you give us your your background and kind of what you do today? Yeah, for sure. I kind of got my start as uh, a lot of people that are probably listening did as well. I you know, had a lower income family uh, background. Uh, I was taught that traditional path of try to get good grades, go to school, get a degree, you know, that whole, that whole rigmarole and ended up with, you know, a home with a mortgage, uh, car loans, student loans, all that kind of stuff. I um, had a, had a, uh, Career in construction management. I did that for over 10 years and, uh, did very well at that career. But, you know, after I've been doing that for about 10 years, I was starting a family. I was not content. In fact, I felt something that was just off. Uh, I really felt empty inside. If I had to really be honest, I didn't really understand why I was here. What was I doing? What was my purpose? Uh, and so I went on this journey to realize what was going on. And I ended up finding out that I was worth negative amount of money. I was worth negative, like, I don't know. $50,000 after working for 10 years, 401k was there, all this stuff, but I was worth a negative amount of money. So if I died, it, I'd be worth nothing. So my brother Jake and I went on this journey to find out what's, what's the other side of this look like? What, what are these people that are, we see doing, uh, you know, businesses or doing these amazing things? What's that look like? And because we didn't have that, no one was teaching this kind of stuff. We went to school, went to college, but nobody taught us about entrepreneurship or investing or money. I mean, yeah. it literally was not taught. And to this day, I don't, it's still not tough. And that led us to learning about real estate and other opportunities and strategies. And I started having fun. I started, I got my 401k, got control of that, put it to work and found a, you know, a traditional financial planner that was, uh, doing some alternative stuff. And uh-huh. so working with him, uh, ended up quitting my job to do full, real estate full time. And I was just jumping around from one thing to one thing and ended up in some strategies with an individual that was, that were not good. This individual was doing some, let's say, nefarious thing, ended up losing all the money. Uh, that individual went bankrupt. Uh, to all the assets I had, which by the way, were cash flowing assets that were legit assets. I lost control of all of them because I didn't understand how to really control my money and control my investments. Ended up losing over half a million dollars. Uh, back to square one. In fact, I was, I was multiple, like six figures at one point, even seven figures at one point in debt. And just was like, oh my gosh. And that set me on my, my second journey, which was how do the elite, the wealthy truly build wealth, legacy wealth, wealth that lasts no matter what happens. And that led me to the elevation group, ended up raising seven figures, acquiring that business and other ones and started to really have fun on that journey. As I started to build a massive network of advisors, started working with Robert Kiyosaki's advisor at one point in time, which is amazing. And then 
really, it opened my eyes to how this works. And then people started asking me, hey, Brian, what are you doing? How are you doing this? And then so we started helping through legacy, helping other people with that same journey, that same access and that the same strategies that we're using today. There are two things that stand out there. One, what, what happened with this financial advisor? So they were investing in some alternative asset classes at this point. I think you said you were, you were still working. Where did that all go awry? I'm very interested to hear what happened there. Yeah. So some of the stuff I can't get into because they, they did go into a bankruptcy and stuff. And there was a, they filed a, not sure what it was. And the SEC was involved in it too, because of what was going on behind the scenes that, you know, as myself, as an investor, couldn't see at the surface level. So bottom line, what they were doing is they were getting into strategies that they truly didn't control. Mm. So they were taking money and putting into things that were very, very high risk. Uh, and I don't believe that the risk was truly identified. And then they weren't controlling the assets. They really didn't understand how to manage those assets. And uh-huh. so they were being very mismanaged behind the scenes to the point where money was just bleeding left and right. And the, the, the when the courts got involved, uh, all the assets had been essentially depleted of their value and they were true uh, cash flowing assets except for a handful with uh, a bunch of those. And so the bottom line was, is that over $20 million taken in less than, you know, 50 cents. Uh, it was actually less than 0.005 cents return for every dollar invested. Oh my God. So it's almost complete. Well, so what were these? Were these apartments? Were this st- like some kind of like private equity startup? Well, what were these? What was the asset class? I'm just. So, so the oil and gas was one. Okay. Uh, so that was one of them. Uh, real estate was a little big one inside there. And another one was, uh, in, was real estate, uh, or digital real estate. So website pro- projects. Yep. Uh, private lending was another one. They had, they had some stuff that was in, uh, it was in these investment funds that were essentially a, a, a mirror of the existing one. So it was like they were duplicating the funds, which is just moving money around, uh-huh. uh, which is by the way, not a very good thing. Don't ever do that. <laughs> uh, it was a shell game. So a, a, it was a lot of money put into even notes, by the way, notes. Well, yep. but the problem was is they were the, the, the person that was running these kind of things was jumping from one shiny object to another. And not fully managing each asset class. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the things I learned is, is, is about due diligence and knowing who you're working with. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some big, uh, big lessons learned that I had on that one. So managing the right assets and going, you know, deep on the ones that are cash flowing. Uh-huh. They, the, the, this person had done that. I feel that it would have actually worked out, but that just wasn't their model. And they were trying to jump on each shiny object thinking, oh, this is going to be the thing that turns $1 into $1,000. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a way to manage an investment fund or other people's money. That's risky, you know, and that's just hoping, right? And that, I don't, I don't agree with that. And so that's how, that was my big lesson learned from that one. It sounds like they didn't have a lot of experience and it was one of, what do you call that? Like jack of all trades, master of none. They were just had Correct. that shiny object syndrome and they were just jumping from one to the other, kind of chasing dollar bills instead of focusing on somebody who had an extensive background in that particular type of asset class and had gone deep on it and had just washed, rinsed and repeated deals to make people feel comfortable. Correct. And, you know, to this day, when I look at someone or I want to work with somebody or we're going to put some money with somebody, you know, we're doing due diligence. We're looking at the risk factors. We're saying, Hey, what have they done? What's the tracker? All the different things that. You know, to me now seemed like common sense, but I experienced it back when it wasn't common sense for even just me. And so yeah. that's been a big lesson learned for me. I mean, and, and to this point, I mean, I'm not going to say that everything that I, that I do or uh, our clients do are massive wins because I've had uh-huh. some losses here and there, but 
it's an, it's understanding what your goal is though. First off, this is one big thing that I learned because when I was first getting my start, I didn't have a goal. I really didn't under, in, it have a true purpose and goal that I was working towards. I was just like, Oh, cool. I can quit my job. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's your, if that's the goal, find a new one, by the way, find a new one because that's not a, not a, a, a good goal. It's not a motivating, strong, you know, goal that comes from the heart. Yeah. Right. And so that's one of my biggest things is to find that. Find that purpose and because otherwise I was jumping on different things. But yet when I found my purpose and found, Hey, this is what I'm here for. All of a sudden saying yes or no to an investment or an opportunity became very simple, very mm-hmm. simple. And the path forward became very easy. The second thing you said that I kind of want to touch base on. And then I want to get into the living legacy association because there's, there's a, so much to unpack here. It's an eight figure financial education business. It's obviously done really well. It's obviously providing value to a lot of people. You mentioned earlier that you found out you're, you're working this job. And, and by the way, guys, the, the job that he was working, he has 12 years working in the construction industry. And he has done financial management reporting and planning for projects that range anywhere from a million to $200 million. I mean, you see those, those big skyscrapers going downtown. He was doing the financial management for this. So he had a fantastic job and you found out that you were $50,000 negative net worth, even with a 401k, everything. What, what did that look like? <laughs> so. I had been obviously working for all of, over 10 years at that point in time, and I had the 401k, but then I had given control of the 401k to a, you know, the, a financial planner, like we all do typically in that space, a mutual fund manager. And then a 2009 hit, lost over half the value of that thing. Uh, but I had the mortgage and I had the car loads, I had student loans. So I had all these, these debts. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is when I went back and looked at everything, I've been working all this time, putting a, you know, a little bit of money into an investment that I didn't control. And yet I had put hundreds of thousands of dollars into that investment strategy. And yet my ROI was negative 50%. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, first off, that's a, not a very good return on that. Mm-hmm. And then all of the liabilities and debts I had were just sucking the cash out of my life, just sucking cash, sucking cash flow out. Yeah. And to the end where I was literally just negative net worth. And the scary thing was, is Brandon, is I went and did a forecast. If I continued on this path and let's say I, I stopped, you know, getting, you know, all this, this debt. Then I, you know, did my 401k, max that thing out. I literally would have to work till I was about 85 years old to retire and live the same lifestyle that I had then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Now, this is obviously trying to guess what the, for- the what the returns are going to be in the markets and stuff, but it, it was just a very scary thing. And I remember I was like, okay, this is okay. I can make this work because I'm going to, I'm going to get promoted. Okay. I'm going to work harder, you know, work more hours. Maybe I'll change companies again and get a, a bigger raise. I'm, I can do this. Yet, I, my heart wasn't in it. And that was one of the biggest factors. And I remember I was on the freeway, sitting in traffic, by the way, because I used to work uh, in downtown Seattle when I lived over in that area. And I was commuting you know, 45 minutes into my job site. And I look over the, on this one day and I look over and I see this guy in this uh, car. I don't know what it was, a Toyota Corolla, whatever it was. He's wearing a... I remember this. It was a, a, a blue suit and he's sitting in there and I was like, okay, whatever. And I just see him and he looks at me and whatever. The next day, on the same freeway, sitting in traffic again, I look over at the same guy. It's like, wow, that's kind of ra- random. Different colored shirt. And I, and I all of a sudden realized, first off, this guy's about 30 years older than I was. Mm-hmm. He's doing the exact same thing that I am. Driving into work. <laughs> It is, you know, his cheap car. I'm driving a, you know, cheaper car. 
I'm like, man, this is, that's, that's me in 30 years doing the exact same thing. Holy crap. And that made my stomach just drop. I was like, Oh God, this is miserable. I can't do this. And that was one of the biggest things that really changed my, 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 my focus, my goal and set me on that, on that mission. That, that's got to be pretty powerful. I'm just thinking right now, if every single person listening could put themselves in that situation, maybe you're pulling up at work or maybe you're getting up in the morning to hop on the computer or, you know, you're, you're, you know, dropping your kids up something where you pull up and there's, you can imagine yourself right next to you. Maybe you're in the same car, or you're in the same office and you're literally 30 years old and you haven't gone anywhere and you're doing the same thing that you're doing now. Wow. Yeah. That's, that is, that's super powerful. That's, that's a big mindset shift that can occur. And this is kind of a good transition because I want to talk about the, uh, the Living Legacy Association. You've got a fantastic business here. I'm sure that you teach concepts on, you know, mindset, uh, you know, who to surround yourself with. Kind of tell us a little bit more about, you know, what does the Living Legacy Association do? And, you know, maybe we can have some fun and, and dive into some of these topics that maybe you jump into on maybe your first calls with people or some yeah. of the high level stuff that you guys hit on. Absolutely. So one of the things that as I went through my own journey, when I, back at that point, when I was sitting in the car and on the freeway, I had money to put to work. I had a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, three hundred thousand dollars, whatever it was to, to put to work because I'd been working, but my debt was a lot more. But I ended up losing almost all of that because I didn't really understand or who to even talk to or anything. I had no team behind me of, of advisors or experts to work with that I thought were you know good ones. And so that's part of what we actually have done inside Living Legacy. We've mm-hmm. cracked that code into really how to build what I call a true wealth team. Mm-hmm. So if back then, if I had had what I have now, that $300,000 or whatever it was, or two fifty, it'd be worth about $20 million right now, probably. Fast forward in 10 years, probably about that. You know, sound good? Yeah, it does. With the right strategies and opportunities, that's what we help people do now. Mm-hmm. Because with when you have the right team, experts, and then the opportunities, all of a sudden, it becomes easier and easier to put your money to work for you instead of working for your money so hard. So really, that's the ultimate thing that we help those individuals do is get your money working for you, get free from your wherever you're at, from wherever you're stuck, this golden handcuffs, as I call it, get free from that and really start to live that life of freedom. But one of the more fun parts of that journey for people that I love is really finding your purpose. How do you pivot from what you're doing in your business or your job to living with purpose, living with passion? Now, people say, oh, well, that's okay. I, I mean, I just, I just want to make money. I just want to, you know, get my money working for me. Mm-hmm. Great. But guess what? How, what, what if the money is not the biggest part of it? What if that's the secondary thing? What if what you're doing, you're so passionate about that the money is secondary mm-hmm. and you're freaking so happy and so grateful that you're doing something that you love and are passionate about? Because when you find that and when you live that kind of life, all of a sudden the money comes. Mm-hmm. It, it comes easy all of a sudden. The money is the focus. I found a lot of people have challenges. And so one of my clients right now, Joe, he was stuck in his, his, his business. He was always saying, Hey, I'm a, let's say he's a, a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. Every time he would say that when I talked to him and I said, well, but you're actually, you have a job. He goes, what do you mean? I said, what happens if you stop in that business? He goes, well, it, it would, it would fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> then you have a job, but he was making really good money. And he didn't really understand what he wanted to do. That was kind of his big thing is I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so I got, so first thing we at, we had him start saying a different, uh, answer to that question of what do you do? Cause you're a business owner. You're a business owner. 
not a, not a doctor, you're a business owner first. And that's just a small little switch in his head. But all of a sudden, three months later, <laughs> this, this guy, Joe, he's working like, like a third less hours now than he had in his business. Mm-hmm. He's got a business strategy that he realized he loves. So when he pulled back out of the business, I started working on the business. He realized, man, I, I'm scaling and growing now. Within three months now, his revenue is going up, profits are going up. He's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And now we're talking to other business owners in that same space. And he's looking at applying his same concepts to their business and then acquiring their business. Like, why should buy it? And so all of a sudden he's like loving this thing. He's loving what he's doing. He's loving teaching people these concepts that he actually really has found passion about. And then his, uh, they're looking at a, an, um, another opportunity. They're invested into infinite banking, which is a thing that we teach a lot of people about how to do because it's foundational. He's got generational wealth in place. So he's, he's got that thing taken care of, which was a big concern of his. And they're looking at another franchise business and they have a five year plan based upon what we put together for them to actually move to their, uh, their different location, which is their dream location. And so it was just a, a simple switch of the mind opened the floodgates for him. And now he's working with three of our, our advisors from our network. He's got this wealth team behind him. And by the way, these are Robert T. Salki's advisors as well that he's working with. Some of them are. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, his entire outcome in life has, has changed 180. And so that's what we do at Legacy. That's the passion. That is what I love to do. That is actually, by the way, is my purpose. I mm-hmm. found mine. It's helping people find their purpose in life, find what is what's going to make them their, their legacy that they can actually see today, experience today, but also make an impact in the world around them. And when they find that, it's like all of a sudden, it's just like, oh my gosh, this is what was missing. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, like they're saying, oh my gosh, I, I cannot believe that I've been living the way I was before. And now yeah. I'm living a different, different life. It's just, it's amazing. And so that's part of what we do. Um, some of the biggest components that I have found that are missing from a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, real estate investors, by the way, is one is that foundation. The foundation of financial knowledge, because when you have that in place, you have control. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things that I, I feel is being taken from us when I look at the, the, the my generation and the next generation is controls being taken away, but we don't really understand that that's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. And so uh, that's our educational system, by the way, is, is teaching people how to be good employees. Yeah. And so there's a big chain challenge right there when it comes to, Hey, I want to become an investor, but our mindsets are not, you know, geared towards that. They're not programmed for investing. They're geared to be towards, you know, an employee. So we all help people a lot in that regard as well through a lot of our courses. So that's yeah, just- I'm interested in learning more about this, uh, this financial foundation. Cause when I went to college, I can still remember college. I'm 32, right? I remember it like it was yesterday. There were no courses on Roth IRAs, self-directed right. accounts. There were no courses on compound interest. I think one teacher kind of took us aside and taught us about credit cards one time, but that, I mean, that was it. And I, and I think that might have been high school, not even college. They don't teach you any of this stuff. And I, I have, I have friends who I've had to sit down with and explain how compound interest works against you on their credit cards. And my mind is just blown that they haven't figured this out. So you're right. I mean, the educational system is not geared towards, you know, creating financial independence or generational wealth. It's teaching how to be a good employee to go work for a business and kind of slowly just work your way and kind of hope and pray, honestly. But I'm kind of curious, like what, what is this financial 
foundation that you're you're talking about like what what are some of those key points that people really need to understand to start building that yeah so one of them is is one of the first things is just understanding how you got to where you're at that's mm-hmm. one thing people say what do you mean i know where i'm at yeah but mindset wise do you understand how you got here yeah but a lot of people don't understand that they have limiting beliefs around money around investing around you know, business so you have to truly understand what those are and then you got to create new beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so foundation-wise is, for me, it's learning how does money truly work? Some key things. One is active versus passive income. That was a big switch for me because there's three main sources of income you can talk about. Passive, portfolio, and then, of course, active. Now, most of us are always inactive. Like I'm still doing active income. But most people spend 90% or plus of their working lives in active income. None in the portfolio or passive side. So you've got to understand that Where's your money coming from? That's one of the biggest concepts for me is like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing anything to build the, the passive side. I'm just working on the, on the, on the active side. And so I started realizing I've got to start creating different revenue sources in my life, whether it's through business or personal to start moving myself out of the active and into the passive. And that's where real freedom comes from. Now, when I'm around a lot of successful investors, they really, really understand that passive side of it. And they work on the active to fill the passive. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. And so when I got into real estate, as an example, I first, I, I, got, I did some strategies. I, I did some buy and hold, all that kind of stuff. But then all of a sudden, my, I was asking a different question. I asked, hey, you know, when I do real estate, how do I get paid for life? Not just transactional, but how do I get paid for life? Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into owner financing subject to lease options. And I have properties I've held for five plus years. I've never seen they cash flow. I never go to them because I don't own them, but I hold the paper mm-hmm. on owner financing. And those things have cash flow. And I realized, my gosh, there's a whole other world out there. And so on the foundational side of stuff, that's really where it's at, is understanding how money truly works. One of the other big things I learned about is how I am making other people rich. Well, this blew me away. So one of the best examples is what is it when you give money to a bank? Let's say you give a bank a hundred thousand dollars. What does the bank do with a hundred thousand dollars? Now this is, this is the, 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 the side of, of money that most people don't understand. Yeah. Fractional reserve banking. The uh, currency, fr- fractional reserve banking right there. Absolutely. And so when I realized that, I was like, holy cow, I give a bank $100,000. They can turn around and effectively, you know, loan out $900,000. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second here. Yeah. So <laughs> I have my money sitting with this bank. That bank gave me a car loan, a credit card, and a mortgage. Who's making money here? Well, then I started to understand the concept of liabilities and assets or a balance sheet for my personal life. And I had never thought of doing a balance sheet or an income statement for my personal life. That's how I found out I was worth a negative amount of money, by the way. And so I understood that all of a sudden, like, I have all these liabilities that are taking money from me, and the bank has those same liabilities in their asset column. They're a benefit to the bank and a negative to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I am making so many people money, but not myself. I completely changed my mindset all of a sudden when I started looking at debt. And so to this day, now I have raised capital. I have taken on SBA loans, all these financial instruments, but they're assets to me now because I'm acquiring assets. And that was where I started to get introduced to the whole concept of infinite banking, how to become your own bank. 
infinite banking or, you know, infinite paying life insurance is something that we teach and we have, we help people do this, but it, it checked many boxes that a, a 401k does not. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I realized it and I started learning from very successful people. They're doing all these things just a bit differently. Mm-hmm. They have these assets that they can use and they're lending money now and I've lent money now. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that was one of the foundational things I learned was is how money truly works. How, it, how asset liabilities work on my side and then how debt truly works and how you make other people wealthy. So, and that's something that we have had a lot of fun with our, with our members and clients because like they say, Hey, I'm going to go buy a house. It's like, well, you've got to do the math on that because if that's your first biggest in- mm-hmm. investment, that's going to set you back about 10 years. If that's okay with you, that's fine. Right. <laughs> or whatever the end, the numbers are. Yeah. But so understanding how these things work and where the money's flowing from you to somebody else and back again. Was something I just, as you said, is not taught. It's just not. And so just that foundational knowledge right there, it just, it, started, it just really changed my whole view about money and investing to the point where when someone comes to me and they're in that traditional mindset, maybe they have a very successful business. I look at it and I, I, I see it from a different perspective mm-hmm. because we all have different, you know, point of views based upon our experiences and how we were taught and, you know, throughout life. Mm-hmm. And so I have a different one now than I had 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And man, it is so freeing to have that perspective that's different and, and you can see where all the benefit is that I couldn't see before. I'm curious if there are any like software programs or kind of exercises that you teach your your clients that take you guys on. You know, for me, I sit down every single month. I, I use an app called, uh, I think it, it's changed to Empower. It used to be called Personal Capital and it basically has all my bank accounts and uh, investments and assets linked into one account. So it's constantly able to measure like my cash flow based on what comes in per month and how much I'm spending my budget. It like breaks down my budget. I go through, I itemize every single month, you know, what goes where. So I see how much I spend on my trip. My biggest expense is definitely travel because I love to travel, but I don't have any debt other than, you know, my investments that I do. And so that's been crucial sitting down with my now wife and seeing how much we spent, seeing how much, you know, did we stay on budget? Do we need to trim things up? You know, do we need to just, you know, uh, hold off on going out to eat at restaurants? That's my other big spender. I love going out to eat and eating good food. Um, But those have been really crucial because that kind of plans our financial roadmap. Are there any other uh, like software programs or kind of exercises that you encourage your, your clients to do? So it depends on what you're, can where you're at, but let's say you're a business owner. Well, if you're a business owner, you should have a bookkeeper. That's number one right there. Um, one of the other biggest things that uh, I have found is you need to have a tax strategist, not a, a, a tax strategist. That's a very different thing than a CPA. Uh-huh. Not someone who files with taxes, but someone who does tax strategy. I've come across so many business owners who don't have a tax strategy in place and it blows me away. You're, 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 you're losing money, like left and right, like to the point where we typically on average get about $30,000 back for our clients, mm-hmm. other business, other taxes that we refile previous three years. So having a, a, an accounting system, QuickBooks, whatever for your business should also be in place for your personal. So, uh, I, I've used QuickBooks. I've used Mint as it is, which is owned by them, I believe, for my personal side of it, just so I know. And this is the key thing. Where my money is going? Mm-hmm. Where is it going in my personal life and business, by the way, too? But my personal life, like, where's it going? And I started to find I was bleeding money left and right to the point where when I was younger and I first got into this whole thing, I was getting $500 back a month in my pocket that I was previously going out. 
Mm-hmm. And so that was just uh, some of the few things. So I would just ha- recommend that you have some sort of a bookkeeping thing for your personal life. Uh, there's another software that I used and I don't remember what it is to the, to any works. And I, I believe it's still around. I don't use it anymore. Cause I, but it, what it would do is it would look at all of my debts that I had, payments that I had, cash flow and, and expenses. And it would have me move my money around every other day or so from like this credit card or my HELOC to this loan. And then it was always, or it cash advanced from this to this to the point where it took a 30 year mortgage and it would, it would pay, it had to pay, it paid off in 17 years. Hmm. Just by not doing anything other than moving money around from your different uh, liabilities and accounts. Mm-hmm. What it was doing is leveraging the interest rates on each one. So if you had a higher interest rate here, it would put money into it. And then after it was paid the next cycle, it would take it back out, put it over here. It was nuts. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's there's a couple different versions that I've seen out there now that do that, but it was a very interesting program that all of a sudden realized like, I'm like, man, because I don't understand interest rates and payments mm-hmm. or, you know, for debts, I'm actually losing so much money to interest. Mm-hmm. So that's one software. I, I don't know the name of it any, anymore because it's been about know, seven, eight years. That was phenomenal. So you can find a, a software that allows you to, to put in your debts and liabilities and payments mm-hmm. and optimize how you're making your payments. I strongly recommend that because oftentimes we're just saying, Oh, I want to pay off the highest in- interest one first. That's not always the case, by the way. In fact, oftentimes paying the highest interest ones is not the best. Oftentimes refinancing what you have is the best. And so this is the second thing that I've done is not really a software, but it's a strategy is go and refinance all your debts. But what do you mean? I said, I've done it before. I had some mm-hmm. personal lines of credit, 18% interest, got it down to 9%. 9%. It was crazy. And so then I went and leveraged the entire thing, wiped out a high interest one. My payments went down. My interest that I pay overall went down drastically just by making a phone call, mm-hmm. just making one phone call. And so in business, I do the same thing now. I renegotiate our, our debts all the time because they want to keep that capital coming in. So that's what we had recommend doing right there. Um, trying to think what else I did. Oh, and have a calculator that tracks your, your, and forecasts your, your network. That's, we have one inside of for our members, but definitely get a software that tracks your investments mm-hmm. and then can help you forecast where you're going. So that when you have an investment or an opportunity that comes across your desk or your table, you could apply it to that software, that program, or I used to do it in Excel, by the way, mm-hmm. but you can see how it's going to impact your future. Because people say, Oh, cool. Uh, this is going to be a 15% interest. I love it. Well, yes, but what's the duration that your money's tied up? Is it locked in for three, five, 10 years? Is it a cash opportunity or is it a, is it a hold opportunity? All these different factors, you need to be able to, to look at them, not just today, but one year, three year, five year, 10 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Because if your goal is that, oh, I want cash, I want to retire in five years. Well, if you have a, a opportunity that's a seven year lock, I mean, you can't touch the money for seven years, forecast that out. All of a sudden, hey, that one might not be the best one, even though the return is the highest. It might not be the best opportunity for what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So definitely a forecasting tool for net worth and cash flow is a, is a strong one. Well, wow, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever played with like a wealth forecasting calculator before, but I can see the value in doing something like that. So that's huge. So we've kind of covered like what your team looks like, what your foundational knowledge should look like. What are some of the tools that I know you mentioned, you know, infinite banking. I think you. 
uh, even might have an infinite banking product. You know, we've talked about infinite banking before, but for those who are who are new to it, maybe kind of briefly explain what it is. And then I'd like to go through some of the maybe the investment types, the asset classes that people can use their infinite banking account to to you know lend or or do deals. And I'm kind of curious what you're seeing your clients have success with in properly using that because a lot of people will get it. Like I know for I know right now my grandfather has. Uh, a infinite banking like account, like he bought it and he does not borrow against it at all. He is not leveraging it at all. He just basically used it as an investment. And I'm like, oh, you don't even know what you can do with that. So whoever sold this to you did not educate you. And I'm like grinding my teeth and I can't do anything about it. But anyway, maybe elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. So when I was introduced to infinite banking, it was through an advisor who didn't know really how to use it, but knew how to talk about it. That was my first experience and it did not go well. And so once I got into some of these inner circles that I'm in part of now, I started seeing this everywhere. And I'm like, I need to learn about this. And so I started consuming everything about it to the point where I became licensed in it. Now I don't write policies or anything, but I want to learn more about it. So I even took all the courses, I bought all the books. And then I worked with one of our um, experts in this strategy and I built a course that teaches the average person how to leverage the strategy. I mean, I literally just went all in. Um, and so the basic concept is this. You're putting money into a dividend-paying permanent whole life insurance. So that's kind of a mouthful. But what does it do? When you put your money into these policies, about 70% to 75%, and it varies, go to what's called the cash value. Okay, So that goes to what's called the cash value. Now, we'll talk about that in a moment. Now, one of the key components of this strategy is that day one, what do you have? This is so powerful. It's mind-blowing. You have generational wealth day one, which is called the face value of a life insurance policy. And it's in place for your entire life. So it doesn't go away like term insurance. So it doesn't matter when you get it, but there is a face value that is guaranteed, guaranteed to be passed on tax-free to whomever you decide. Mm-hmm. They want. That's financial certainty right there. You have generational wealth. That's how wealthy families, by the way, get wealthier every generation. They use these strategies, by the way. It's pretty, pretty crazy. The cash value, which we talked about, will grow. It gets a guaranteed rate of return compounded for life. That's crazy. Over time, it'll destroy a 401k. It'll beat a 401k. Then lastly, you can borrow against the cash value. Now, here's the crazy thing. Let's say you have $10,000 in cash value getting a 3.5% return compounded. You borrow 10 grand. You have 10 grand in your hand and you have $10,000 in the cash value still mm-hmm. getting that 3.5% return. You now have money in two places. Take the $10,000, go do what you want with it. Go on vacation. I recommend investments, but whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you just a down payment on a rental property. All of a sudden, you're leveraging your money to two places at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that, when you start to look at the math on this, it blows pretty much everything else out of the water. Also, it's private in most states. So you control it. It's a loan that you can pay back or not pay back. It's up to you. You control it. Does it affect your credit? There's, and this is just the tip of the iceberg with this strategy. Now, why is it, why do we talk about it as being a foundational strategy? So here's kind of some of the steps that we go through to work with, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, people that, you know, want to get free from the golden handcuffs is one is we look at infinite banking as a foundational strategy in your business or in your personal life, because it takes care of a lot of the kind of those, those things that keep us up at night. Hey, what happens is, what if something happens to me? What happens to my family, my kids? Well, with this in place, that just, that's taken care of. If you have a business, 
and you have a business partner, what if something happens to one of you? Well, this strategy in your business takes care of that. Mm-hmm. Second off, we do, we look at taxes. Taxes is one of our biggest uh, expenses we're going to have, but I, I like to pay less. I do. <laughs> I think we all do. And so we do three-year tax lookbacks for people that gives, gets them money back in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Then additionally, you look at your cash flow. What your cash will look like in your business and your personal life and optimize that. Like that's just what, that's the first step we do with people that we work with. And the second thing is, is that how do you protect what you have in your life? Whether it's your entities, how are they structured, asset protection, making sure that your family's safe, all that kind of stuff. That's huge peace of mind that a lot of people don't realize is missing. Some people know that, some people don't, but that's one thing I find that a lot of people are missing is a true asset protection strategy. So a lot of our members and clients work with Robert Kiyosaki, if you guys know who he is, <laughs> work with his asset protection advisor. That's who we work with, these, these kinds of people. And the last thing you do is then we will look at the investments. Because now that you have all these things in place, all of a sudden it's like throwing fuel on the fire, right? And so uh, the buckets of assets that we typically look at are going to be real estate. We do look at syndications, things like that, um, um, funds. We look at land. Land's a big one right now. Land is a big opportunity. It's a cash flow or buy and hold. We're seeing a lot of that right now. Um, we're seeing a lot of actually private lending. So private lending to businesses, things like that. We're seeing fractional uh, um, ownership of businesses as well. So that's another opportunity that we're seeing quite a bit of uh, in that space. And so those are kind of some of the, the, the asset classes that we do look at. Um, partnerships, a lot of partnerships right now as well. I'm curious. You, you said land was an opportunity. I, I feel the same way. We're we're seeing and we're feeling that here. We're literally getting knocks on the door with a lot of our land that we're rezoning, higher development, higher density uh, from some bigger players that are kind of buying us out. But you mentioned that there was a cash flow to land. Is that like setting it up on like seller financing terms? Yep. Okay. Buy, buy it on buy it on seller actually by the way buy it on seller and sell it on, on seller financing yeah arbitrage the deal yeah. yeah arbitrage it or do it you know double close double you know wraps all those kinds of things are things that we're seeing right now uh in that space and the, and the way that I looked at look at these opportunities is is first off you have to understand what your outcome is what do you want to accomplish mm-hmm. is it castle is it buy and hold is it building your nest egg all these kinds of things and then that makes it easier to take an opportunity and put it into the the right bucket for you. Mm-hmm. Too many people are saying, you know, they come into an opportunity and say, this guy's got a 401k, this guy's got cash, this guy's got a HELOC, this guy's got, you know, a, a self-directed 401k. Well, guess what? That opportunity is not a fit for every single one of those vehicles. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of people will sell that to everybody, no matter what their source is. And so you've got to understand that whatever your source of capital or investment capital is, it should marry up with the right opportunity. And unfortunately, I see too many people put money to things that they don't understand or something like they're saying, okay, I put my 401k into this opportunity, but holy cow, I'm actually having to devote my time mm-hmm. to the opportunity. But if you have a retirement account, especially a qualified one, do you want to put it into vehicles that you have to spend time in, but you're not going to get the cash flow until later on down the road? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen people get like, man, I am so tired of this stuff. Like why? Because I'm having to work my ass off to manage this opportunity but I can't touch the money for 20 years. Yeah. And so that's something we also ask and look at. And you should marry up the opportunity with those kinds of things and understand that. And so that's how we look at different things. Um, and then, of course, if you want cash flow, what's that look like? What's the opportunity? And so when we see land deals, a lot of it is 
you're buying uh, you know big plots of land and then owner finance them to someone who's doing the development of side of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see a lot of the capital come in. So right now we're seeing a really some people getting some I mean some phenomenal returns on that right now. Tons of gold bombs drop. Yo, y'all gotta go back and re-listen to this. Seriously, this has been some fantastic information. Brian, for those who want to learn more about you, learn more about the Living Legacy Association, learn more about these strategies, where would you steer them? Yeah, so they can actually reach out to me directly at Brian. So it's B-R-I-A-N at the Living Legacy Association. Sorry, not the, but Brian at livinglegacyassociation.com or they can go to our site, livinglegacyassociation.com and reach out to us there. All right. We'll make sure that those are posted in the show notes. If you're driving right now, don't stop. I have to rewind that and listen to it and write it down. We'll make sure it's in there. Brian, it's been fantastic having you on. It's This, this was great. I appreciate your time and coming on today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hey, see you, man.